You're listening to the Growth Experts Podcast. So if you're looking to 10X your business by learning proven growth strategies, you're in the right place. During my interviews with top CEOs, entrepreneurs, and marketers, I dig deep to uncover the real strategies, hacks, and tools to help you achieve your goals. And I'm your host, Dennis Brown. Hey, everybody. If you're interested in learning how to leverage LinkedIn for your business, this episode is sponsored by my book, The Seven Habits of Highly Successful LinkedIn Users. To get your free copy, just send a text to 44222 with the word seven habits. That's the number seven habits to 44222. Now let's get on with the show. Hey, welcome back, everybody. And today we have yet another amazing guest. His name is Mark Strachewski, and he's known as Mr. Productivity. He's obsessed with helping people perform at optimum levels through speaking, coaching, and the Mark Strachewski podcast. Welcome to the show, Mark. Thank you, Dennis. It's an absolute pleasure to be here. So today we are going to talk about three distractions and how to avoid them to try to help leverage and stimulate growth in your business. So there are tons of distractions out there, but we're going to talk about the three big buckets, the three things that get people off track the most. But before we dive into that, you know, tell my audience a little bit about yourself. Take a minute or two, give them a quick backstory, and then we'll dive right in. Well, my quick backstory was I am on this interview today because I was fired back in July of 2005 from my job. At the time, I was real happy. I was very angry, but now I'm very happy because it put me on this trajectory. And when you get fired from a job, most people become an entrepreneur because why not? And I went to become a portrait wedding photographer, which led me to speaking, which led me to create a whole bunch of topics, which I won't even talk about in this podcast because I'm embarrassed. But I finally landed on productivity because my coach at the time told me that you should teach the world how to be more productive. And I told him, why would I want to do that? And he said, well, because you're really productive. And I said, well, isn't everybody? And he got off the ground laughing. He says, no, most people are so unproductive. And that's what kind of gave me the birth into being Mr. Productivity. Gotcha. Now I'm going to, I'm going to drag you through the mud because I enjoy this. We're (laughs) friends. So I want to hear one topic that you're most embarrassed about that you had talked about previously that you said you wouldn't mention. You mean my personal life? Well, one topic that you said you were were speaking on or talking about in your previous business and that you wouldn't even mention it. So I'm I'm going to I'm going to because you're a friend, I'm going to nail you down. I think it'll help the audience and then we'll get a laugh. Well, just remember, Dennis, you're going to be on my show not to not in the near too future, not to this future. So just keep that in the back of your mind. But no, All right, scratch some... that question. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, that's a, a, well, I came I don't know where I came up with it, Dennis. I came up with a a topic called from hopeless to hopeful to this day. I don't know what I was thinking. What does it even mean from hopeless to hopeful? How do you build a keynote? How do you build a business around that? And I remember I was sitting, I had a coach at the time and I'm sitting there trying to write my keynote and they said, are you feeling this? I No, I don't feel this at all. I don't know where I came up with it. And they said, drop it. And it was just, I was trying to push a rope. I was trying to do something that did not resonate with me. It was not authentic. And to this day, I don't know where I came up with that. I think maybe it was desperation. It's the best ex- explanation I come up with. Well, you know, sometimes we got to go through all those bad ideas before we get the good <laughs> ones. So today you're Mr. Productivity and I'm excited to dive in. So you're going to cover three distractions and, you know, some of these are going to be obvious, but I think you're going to talk about some tactics and strategies on how to manage those. Help us unpack that and then we'll, you know, we'll dig right in. Well, the big five that I 
distractions I go over, we're only going to go over three, but our social media, email, people, entertainment, and yourself or your mindset. And so we live in a world where we are bombarded by distractions. Literally, if you are awake, if you could stay awake 24 hours a day, you could be bombarded 24, seven, 365 and not even make a dent in all the distractions that are coming your way. And here's the thing. I got really upset recently when all the people said Google and Apple and Microsoft should create software that helps me with my addiction to social media, to email. And I'm like, no, that's your responsibility. Unless you're a parent of a youngster, I think it's your responsibility as a grown adult. You need to say, I'm going to disconnect. The problem is it's easier said than done. Yeah, for sure. Totally. And I think it's really funny because I have an iPhone and they have a new app built into the iPhone, which actually notifies you how much time you're spending on your phone, including the individual apps. So it's yep. kind of like that thing that they just shove it in your face and say, hey, listen, we know we make all our money by you being on this phone, but did you know that you spent six hours on your iPhone today? So it's kind of like that accountability piece. So, but yeah, I totally agree with you. The distractions piece, it's everywhere. I mean, I don't care. It's every corner of my office, every corner of my home, every corner of the media or internet. So yeah, for sure. Definitely. So the biggest one is social media. And the number one thing I tell people is turn off those notifications on every single one of your devices, your smartphone, your tablet, your laptop or desktop. You need to turn them off because you know, Dennis, you'll be sitting there working and all of a sudden, bing, of course, it could be the president of the United States sending you a text message. So you have to go check it or a Facebook message. And what happens is when you divert your attention from what you're working on, what you should be working on to look at these text message, Facebook message, whatever. Well, that's real easy to switch from the project to the, the message, but going back and getting back in the flow state or into the zone, it could take anywhere from seven minutes to 23 minutes, depending on, but depending on you. And I tell people, if you turn them off, number one, you're not missing anything because all you have to do is open the app and it's still going to be there. And so you need to get back control. And the biggest thing you can do is do what I call a notification cleanse and just go through every single notification and ask yourself, do I really need to have these on? Now, for me, I don't have any social media on except for LinkedIn messages. I have weather apps and I do have multiple weather apps. Don't judge me. I don't have sports turned on. I don't have I do have the, the app for my credit cards whenever my card is charged, important things like that. But my phone doesn't go off as much as some people's. I hear a ding and swish and boing all day long. And I'm like, how can you get anything done? The, th the phone is alive. Yeah, I totally agree. It's really funny that you mentioned that because I went through this notification cleanse a couple of years ago and it, it made a huge difference. Right now, the only thing I get notified on my phone from where it will pop up and make some sort of a noise is my calendar events. So if I have a scheduled calendar event, a meeting, a call, something like that, that I'll get notified of. I have nothing else. I don't even get notified of LinkedIn, right? I don't have LinkedIn notifications. I don't have email notifications. I don't have any notifications on because I totally, totally agree with you, but I will, but I, there was one exception to that. And I think it was a goof the other night. It was about a week ago. It was three o'clock in the morning and I got a call on Skype. Somebody Skype called me at three o'clock in the morning from God knows where. <laughs> and I literally, literally, I could, I barely woke up, but I woke up long enough to literally, I couldn't shut off the notifications, didn't know how to do it. Couldn't figure it out. So I deleted the app. 
I literally deleted the app. It's not on my phone any longer because I was trying to get on it earlier today because I was like, I was going to message somebody and all of a sudden the app wasn't there. So I, I, I digress. But anyway, social media app cleanse. Well, I will say one more or thing notification about- notification cleanse, I should say. <laughs> yes. I will say one, one more thing is like you and I have iPhones. You don't have to have the sound on. So like I have LinkedIn messages that appear on my lock screen. However, there's no sound to it. So if I'm not looking at my phone, I don't know the messages there. So you can also, and I'm sure Android can do the same thing. You can customize. Okay. I just want the notification. I don't want the sound, or I just want it to go to my notification center. So when you're doing your notification cleanse, look at every app you have and say, Hmm, how important is it? So I get notified. This obviously text message for me is pretty important, but you have to judge yourself. Don't do what I'm doing or what Dennis does. You have to do what works for you. But I guarantee you, most people have way more notifications turned on than they need to have turn, be turned on. Totally agree. So that was social media. What about email? Well, I could go on with social media, but I want to talk about email too. This is going to sound like deja vu. Turn off notifications. Uh, Dennis just talked about it. Do you really need to know every time you get a notification for email? The answer is no. The other thing you can do is, why are you getting so much email? I mean, a lot of people, they sign up for all these email newsletters because they get 25% coupon at Kohl's or whatever. Do you really need the email? Now, when people tell me, you know, the badge counts on your email, they say, oh, mine's like, haha, mine's five, five digits. I'm like five, you, five digits. Are you serious? I don't have anything more than five and unread emails in my inbox any one time. Now people say, how do you do that? Well, first of all, I don't sign up for email newsletters. I make sure that if I can't address the email immediately, I use an app called Spark and it allows me to snooze the email. So I like a clean inbox. And so if I know, okay, I'm doing a podcast interview with Dennis right now and an email pops up two minutes before the interview, I will snooze it for later in the day because I can't address it right now while I live in my inbox. And that way the inbox stays clean. But I think people really need to, first of all, archive and delete doesn't work. So don't think you select all archive. That doesn't work. You're not solving the problem, but you need to begin to unsubscribe from emails and you just unsubscribe one at a time. Don't try to use a bulk service. Go through the pain of cleaning up your inbox because I guarantee you, once you go through the exercise, you're not going to allow this inbox to get out of control again. So you mean the 49,261 emails that are in my various email accounts? I shouldn't have that? Are you pulling my leg right now? I'm not kidding. I'll send you a picture. 49,200. Yeah, I figured you'd go apoplectic when you heard that. So, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, listen, those a lot of those are accounts that I've set up as catch-alls and stuff, but still, I mean, there is I'm looking at it right now on my iPhone and there's a there's that big red bubble there that says 49,000. It's 49,260, not 61, I'm sorry. So I, I must I wonder how high it, How high does that number go? Is it go to six digits? I I don't know. I don't know. I'll let you know. <laughs> you do that. I know you will too. All right. So that's email. Get rid of the notifications. What else? What else about email? The other thing is this is, this is going to go right up your alley here with LinkedIn. When you're connected with someone on LinkedIn, they are not giving you permission to sign up for their email newsletter. This happens so many times to me. And because I'm a productivity guy, I will actually reply and say, Hey, you know what? You're violating the can spam lag. You're violating LinkedIn's terms of services, just because we're connected on any platform does not mean I want your email newsletter. If I want your email newsletter, ask me, say, Hey, I got a newsletter. Are you interested? Don't just sign me up. That really irritates me. And I don't know what your feelings about that is. You want to laugh? So a while ago, months ago, I did a LinkedIn update with a video where I 
went off on somebody that was spamming me, right? The exact way you were talking about it. We connected on LinkedIn and then all of a sudden they started adding me to their email newsletter where they were dripping emails on me every other day. And I did a, I did a post on LinkedIn about that where I literally just lit them up, right? And it was hysterical and I had to vent. But in any event, every time somebody does that to me now, I send them a link to that post. (laughs) (laughs) I never hear back from them. It's amazing. I don't know. I wonder why. (laughs) So there there is that. The other thing is avoid checking your email first thing in the morning, last thing before bed. And this is the key when you're bored. How many people are standing in line at the supermarket or they're at the doctor's office and they'll be checking their email? Here's the thing. I hope people understand that your inbox is nothing more than a depository of other people's problems laid in your lap. Remember the game hot potato when you're a kid, that's what they're doing. They're sending you an email. They're going off doing their thing. And you're like getting stressed by 49,000 growing emails in your inbox because you checked your email when you're bored. So what I've gotten in the habit of doing is actually scheduling time to check my email. Now I'm not perfect. I'm not going to let your listener think that, Hey, You know, I got it all figured out. I do sometimes check emails when it's not scheduled, but if you schedule your email, if your job allows you to do so, maybe you schedule 15 minutes at 10 o'clock and maybe two o'clock and maybe before you go home. Now, again, if you can do this, it's going to free you up from the stress of having all these emails because you remember the old carnival game, whack-a-mole, you answer one email, six more pop up at his place and it becomes a never ending battle. Yeah, I totally agree. My rule is I try to, I try to limit it to three times a day. And I usually do it mid morning, just after lunch. And then, you know, at the end of the day, whatever, whenever that may very well be. But I totally agree because you'll sit there. I mean, I remember when I had my last business before I sold it, you know, I had a bunch of people in my office and I would walk around and they would literally sit with their Outlook inbox. They're waiting for emails to come in so that they could (laughs) respond to them. And I was like, you got to be kidding me. So we implemented that within my organization. And, you know, the feedback I got was amazing. They were like, listen, number one, they were way less stressed because yep. they weren't anticipating issues that were coming, you know, and them just sitting there and waiting for them. So they were focused on key things. They just gave me a lot of great feedback. So I totally agree with you. It's hard. It's not easy. It's hard to break the addiction. But once you do, you know, you'll never go back. Absolutely. And one last thing I'll say about email is get to the point, stick to the point. So whether you're composing an email or replying to an email, which I know is composing, but stick with me here. Don't ramble on. Don't be vague. Just say, get to the point, stick to the point. So some, don't send an email that says, atta- like send a, attach a document and say thoughts. No, say, hey, listen, I just finished this draft we've been working on. I like to know your thoughts on the paragraph on page three and the paragraph I highlighted in page six. Be very specific. Don't just say thoughts because then the person got to read the whole document and go, Thoughts on what? What do you want me to do? So be very specific when you're sending an email so people don't have to go, thoughts on what? And then you go, well, you should know. Oh, no, I don't. You're going back and forth when you're wasting all this time. So be specific. Get to the point. Stick to the point. Yeah, I agree. And that happens in reverse, too. When you're replying to people, my rule is two sentences, right? So if somebody sends me an email and they ask me a question or they're looking for some sort of feedback, I limit it to two sentences. I can't go beyond that. It doesn't need to be a love letter. It doesn't need to be, you know, <laughs> 17,000 characters. It doesn't need to be a book or, you know, a keynote speech. Cut to the chase, give them quick feedback, and then go, move on. I love it. So shall we move on to people? Absolutely. One of the biggest things I help people with is how to deal with, hey, got five minutes? How many times have we heard that in our business life? Hey, you got five minutes? Which, first of all, we know is a lie. It's never five minutes, ever. And so what I tell people is let your no be no. 
And if you don't have five minutes, tell the person, look at, no, I don't have five minutes right now. However, I do have 15 minutes at two o'clock this afternoon. Will that work for you? So you're not just being rude. You're not being the grumpy old man or a grumpy old lady. You're trying to be helpful. But if you're in the zone, if you're in the project and you can't be disturbed, tell someone no. Now, if you do have five minutes, let's say you want to take a break and you have just five minutes. Make sure we were just talking about intentions or expectations. Yes, I have just five minutes. And then you invite them in your office. You take out your iPhone. You set the timer in front of them. And people are going, is he serious? Yes, I'm serious. Set the timer for five minutes and go, okay, go. Because what's going to happen? Now you're really setting the expectations. And now they're going to realize you're serious. And if they say, are you kidding me? He says, yeah, now you have four minutes and 45 seconds. You want to tell them, again, get to the point, stick to the point. Now, most times people are going to go, oh, I really need more time. Or, oh, never mind, which you already knew. But if they want to get your five minutes, they're going to get to the point quickly. And they're going to say, one, two, three, four, they're done. You go back to your project. But I can't emphasize enough. If you don't have time, I don't care if it's a supervisor. And leaders do respect this, by the way. If you're in the middle of something working for the company, they don't want to disturb you. So a good quality leader will understand, okay, come see me when you're done. They will respect that. So don't say yes when you don't have the time. Yeah, what I like about that is it does set expectations. And even if you went over the five minutes, you're still going to save 20 minutes that you didn't have to spend. So maybe it goes to eight or 10 minutes when it would have, if you hadn't set that expectation, it would have went to 20 or 30 minutes. So you save net net, you're saving time by setting those expectations up front. I agree. Absolutely. And when someone comes in your office, <laughs> I told one client, she's a psychiatrist at the Northwest University in Chicago that I said, can you get rid of the chairs in your office? She goes, no, I can't get rid of the chairs. I said, you must have a lot of books, right? Books and file folders. Because what happens is people come in their office, they don't sit straight and rigid. They kind of lean back like they're all comfortable. And a comfortable person is much more difficult to get to leave your office. And someone in the suit is not going to sit on the floor and they're not going to stand for a long period of time. So put these barriers to say, look, I want to help you, but I can't sit here for 15, 20, three hours chit-chatting about the game last night. I've got work to do. That's a good one. Good point. Very good. And the other thing I will tell about flybys is don't be a doormat. If you are a, a subordinate at work and leaders have a bad tendency of doing this, giving you project after project after project, when you reach your capacity, you need to go in a very professional manner and say, hey, Mr. or Mrs. Boss, I want to do the best job possible for this company, for you. However, you've given me way too many projects. I can't do them all. First of all, your leader, if they're a good leader, is going to go, wow, I didn't realize I was doing this. But you go with a solution and say, you know, Sally is a lot. This project here, Sally is much better at this than I am. What do you think about giving this to her? And he may go, sure. But most people don't say anything because they're afraid they may get fired or written up or something like that. But the leader, if they have the best interest of the company, they want to know, are you exceeding your bandwidth? And if you don't say something, they won't know. Yeah. Learning how to say no to your boss. Is, there's an art to learning how to say no to your yes. boss. So definitely, definitely agree with that. And one more thing I'll say about people. First of all, if you work in an office that has a door, now make sure you close it when you don't want to be disturbed. Hopefully you don't have like one of my clients had, they had their whole walls were all glass. So if she shut her wooden door, people could still see in her office. And even though she's working on the project, they figured, well, she's in her office, so she's available. She's just playing solitaire or something like that. But if you can close your door, close it. Now, what if you work in a cubicle? Well, they have this really cool invention called construction paper. And I would encourage you to go out and get a red sheet, a green sheet, and a yellow sheet. If you've got kids, you can just take theirs. And what you do is green means you're approachable. 
People can come in and talk to you. Yellow means proceed with caution. Red means don't enter unless you want to be killed. And again, we're set expectations. We're letting people know that I am not available. If you don't do that, they're going to assume because you're in the office, they see you there. Hey, I can chit chat for a while. They can't read your mind. And so you have to tell them. But instead of them engaging the conversation with you, if you just held uh, taped up a red piece of paper and they know now you're going to retrain your staff, obviously, but and they see the red. Okay. I can't bother Dennis. He's in the middle of doing something right now. Oh, interesting. So you're basically just sending a signal without them having to ask you a question. Mm -hmm. Hey, listen, I'm busy right now. It's kind of like, uh, what's that restaurant where you turn the card over and it's red and green and they, they stop feeding you. Oh yeah. Sweet tomatoes. I think it is down here in Houston anyways. Yeah. Where you put, where you, it's all you can eat until you turn the red card over and then then you go in the bath and then you go in the bathroom and vomit. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, That's why I don't go to all you can eat buffets. It's very dangerous. Perfect. Well, listen, those are the three big buckets. Anything, any final comments you want to share on that? I have a couple of other questions I want to get through rapid fire and then we'll wrap it up. Yeah. I will just tell people, listen, it's your responsibility for your productivity. It's not Dennis's responsibility. It's not my responsibility. It's not even your boss's responsibility. It's your responsibility to be productive. So choose to be productive. Perfect. Well, listen, what's your favorite growth tool or software for building your coaching and speaking business? What's the tool or software that you're using that you need the most and enjoy the most these days? The tool or software. Do you mean like, well, I normally say it's my podcast, but you're actually looking for a, a tool. It could be your podcast. It could be your podcast because that's a tool. Yeah. And it but, involves well, software, but, or, or a lot of people will pick different types of software like Infusionsoft or, or different unique softwares that they use to manage and grow their business. But podcasting is great. Well, I use, I use HubSpot. I don't use Infusionsoft. I use HubSpot, which allows me to track all my you know inbound and outbound. It's the same thing as Infusionsoft. It's just, you know, just another name. But for growing my business, hands down, my podcast and LinkedIn, those are the two things I grow my business more than anything else. Awesome. And what would be one book that you would recommend to my audience, uh, maybe that you've read recently or something in and around growth? Cal Newport's Deep Work. This book is so phenomenal that I read, listened to the book on Audible, and I'd never done this before. As soon as the book finished, I listened to it again. It is so incredible. It's the book I wish I would have written. It is so key, and I've actually made a lot of changes in my productivity based directly on Cal Newport's Deep Workbook. It's phenomenal. Awesome. Listen, thank you for sharing. I really appreciate it. Before we close out, let everybody know how they can connect with you, learn more about your business and your podcast, and then we'll wrap it up for today. Everything is at MrProductivity.com. You can go to MrProductivity.com. At the bottom of the page, you'll find links to how to connect with me on LinkedIn, my LinkedIn group. You can find me on Twitter and uh, Instagram. I'm not on Facebook. I fired Facebook. You can also find out how to subscribe to my podcast, find out about my productivity coaching. Everything is at mrproductivity.com, which, by the way, is a redirect because nobody in the world can spell Struchowski. So I'm trying to help the listener out. (laughs) Yeah, make sure you you get subscribed to Mark's podcast because, as he said, in the next couple of months, I'm going to be on that podcast and maybe we'll get a chance to chat again and you'll all get a chance to hear us. So thanks for joining me today, Mark. I really appreciate it. I look forward to being on your show in the near future. Have an awesome day and I'm sure we'll chat again soon. Thank you, sir. Thanks, Mark. Listeners, I want to thank you for tuning in. I truly appreciate your time. If you're enjoying the podcast, then do me a huge favor. Click the subscribe button now and please leave me a review. It would mean a lot to me.